presence of the Lord for a long, long time. And occasionally, I catch myself wishing that somehow I could just walk out into the presence of the Lord and be there and never return. I know that I have a lot of earthly enjoyments. Uh, I really do enjoy coming to the house of the Lord. I enjoy being with God's people. I have a lovely family. I enjoy my family. My wife and I will celebrate our 26th wedding anniversary Wednesday evening. And we've just had such a, a great 26 years. I appreciate her a lot. My wife, it means so very much to me. The following week, I will have my 45th birthday <coughs> for Brother Crowder. Uh, he seems to get things all mixed up. But <coughs> 45 years, I have been here on this earth, and I really appreciate what God has done for me. I really do. I I didn't really want to preach tonight because I just, truthfully, I didn't feel up to it today. <clears throat> I've just had a sore throat and kind of a sinus problem here for days, and after a while you just feel all out of it. I felt that way now for a few days, and I almost called Brother Crowder to ask him to preach tonight, and I thought, well, it would be a little bit unfair to do this on the spur of the moment. So I didn't. But I am excited about it now. Well, I wasn't very excited. Now, somebody just gave me a, a Hall's cough drop. Uh, if I put this in and preach till it's over, will that be long enough? <coughs> I don't know how I could talk with this in my mouth, Brother, Brother Gemeinder. One man uh, used to preach too long, and so his wife started giving him a lifesaver. And she told him, said, now, you put this in your pocket, and uh, when you start to preach, you put it in your mouth and make sure that, uh, that every, at the end of every sentence that you suck on this thing, and when you, it's gone, then you quit. <laughs> so... <clears throat> One night he reached in his... Uh, pocket and pulled it out and put it in his mouth and he preached and he preached and he sucked and he sucked and he preached and he preached and after a while he thought what's wrong with this he'd gone about an hour and a half and he took it out and he had a button in his pocket and he got a hold of the button Jesus one time <clears throat> held the people so long and they had been fasting and he felt sorry for them so that he decided that they would do something about it and he had the little boy with five loaves and two fishes to open up the basket. Well, we have a little girl here back there, it looks like, with a basket and I don't know if there's five brownies and two cupcakes or something like that in there. We'll try not to hold you that long. I shouldn't even say that because every time I say that, I get going and people are excited about leaving then. And <laughs> then it gets to be, you know, worse when you, get, you, you think you're going to get out of church early. We've shown the slides and gone through a good number of things here tonight and taken the missions offering. This has taken up some time. But what I'd like to do tonight is talk to you about the new creature what you are when you are born again. So we'd like to start by having you to turn to 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, verse 17. And this message really has to do more with separation than it does with your you being a new creature. <coughs> we talked this morning on the Great Commission. We just had a good, uh, good time of sharing here in the auditorium. And I really appreciate everybody's contribution to the service this morning. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And then Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse 15, Galatians 6, verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. In other words, what he's saying here, the point in Christ at this time, the emphasis is not upon the old covenant of circumcision or non-circumcision, but the fact that you are indeed a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now, <clears throat> I said this had to do more with with uh, separation. Uh, <clears throat> actually, the word creature in the Greek really means a new species. It means a, a different breed altogether. Now, we're all people. But God has transformed or changed some. Uh, there's no doubt about it. When you see, when you see a small caterpillar emerge and crawl up a tree and start eating the leaves, later on spins a cocoon around itself and turns into a moth or a butterfly. You have to understand that that when that that Metamorphosis or that change takes place, he appears different and he has a different diet. There's no doubt about it. You, don't, you just don't, you don't see the, the butterflies then stripping the leaves from the trees. <clears throat> they, they, they change their diet altogether. And, and this is what the Bible is saying. We actually become a new creature in, the, in Christ. Now, see, the, 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 the whole point of this message is that I see a lot of people who want to walk with God, and yet uh, they, they don't recognize that, that, there, that there has been a change. That for some reason, they think the Holy Ghost is designed just to make them feel good. Now, the Holy Ghost does make you feel good, and you feel that surge. But the Holy Ghost does more than help you to pass a test. And feel good, see. It does do that. There's no doubt about it. God will enable you. But I would suggest this. If you have time, study. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I would also like to say that, that Brother Commander gave you a very valid, a very good testimony. Come to the revival services. Let's enjoy those. Let's have a great time. Brother Mackey is indeed a great minister of the gospel. He talked with me this afternoon. He's planning on being here Thursday evening. We'll just have a good time in the Lord. Don't miss a service. And we're emphasizing that you go to the prayer rooms and that you pray well in advance of the service and come in the service on fire for God. Praise God. On fire for God. Now, <clears throat> what I see in, in a lot of people's walk with God is that they, they, somehow they don't understand really what has happened to them. And so the mortality rate or the casualty rate is great among people giving their hearts and their lives to the Lord. Now, this is not just a current problem. It has been a problem down through the years. When Jesus spoke in Matthew 13, he talked about the sower that went forth to, to sow seed. And when the seed fell, some seed fell by the wayside. It just simply means that this, the, the, the different conditions of the soil that's spoken of in Matthew 13 represents the condition of the heart. And some seed falls by the wayside. Wayside soil is hardened soil. You can stand up and preach the gospel as much as you want to, but the fowls of the air representing the, the, the spirits of the evil world come and they quickly eat up that gospel seed. See, preaching won't save everybody. If you could save everybody for preaching, you, you could just, you know, you could go and preach to everybody and they'd give their heart to the Lord. But that is not true. A lot of people don't. 
For this reason, the, some of the apostles uh, suffered severe persecution in the Bible because they preached the word of the Lord. It did not affect some people. Then, of course, some seeds fell upon stony ground. The seed came up. It, uh, it grew. But uh, <clears throat> what happened? The Bible says that when the, the sun came out, that the sun uh, came and beat down upon the, the tender plant. And because there was not much earth there, it was on the stony ground. The root system was not what it ought to be. Well, then, then uh, the sun uh, went deep down into the soil there, and, and the roots were, were dried out, and they died. It didn't last very long. Then some seed fell among the thorns. And the Bible explains this, that the thorns happen to be the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world. See, the plant grew, but after a while, these thorns and vines wrapped themselves around the plant and choked the plant, and the life left it. And then some fell on good ground. So you can see that the mortality rate, uh, according to the words of Jesus, was great. There's no doubt about it. Now, <clears throat> We take all of this and we just channel it in a little bit different direction. You see, once you have been born again, there are certain things you can not do. Now, Paul says that uh, who can know uh, the mind of God, save the spirit of man, or the spirit of God, save the spirit of man that is within man. The spirit that you and I have has been uh, born again. Our spirit has been born again. Now, our spirit feeds, literally feeds upon the spirit of God or the spirit of Satan. So a person becomes corrupt inside when they feed their spirit upon corrupt things. Now, <clears throat> around Halloween time, there emerges a lot of uh, morbid ideas and a lot of creature-looking things. It uh, really amazes me what you can you can just see on billboards in places around Halloween time. Now, <clears throat> we were down in Jamesville, and in the restaurant where we were, they have a bar adjoining that. And uh, I saw as I walked out where the hallway leads down toward the bar, they had a they had a big picture there and. And uh, some kind of a creature, you know, somebody had painted this up. They were going to have a Halloween party in that bar, uh, Halloween night. And they had all kinds of things on there, like taste of death. They were talking about eating, taste of death, and come and drink the blood of, of evil spirits and all kinds of things like this. You might say, gross, terrible. Well, that's true. But, but if you will notice... When you read the Bible, when you read the Bible, and when you look at the, the scriptures that deal with evil spirits, and see what evil spirits have done to people, look at uh, the people who were possessed with, with demons in the days of Jesus. There, the man of Gadara was living in a graveyard, in a tomb. They locked him up with chains and such. He cut himself. He, he, he chased little children up and down the streets. He associated himself with that kind of living. See, John 10.10 10 said, The thief cometh not but to kill and steal and destroy. See, in the, the book of Revelation, you will find statements like this, that out of the dragon came forth three unclean spirits like frogs. That's, that's what the Bible says. Slimy frogs came out. And they went into the beast, that's talking about the Antichrist and the false prophet, and, and, uh, and they dwelt there. And, and they also went into the people. Also you will find in the book of Revelation that out of the bottomless pit came forth evil spirits and walked upon the face of the earth. Now, uh, in, in the book of Jude, the Bible says that, that there are certain evil spirits that are, that are chained in, in darkness until that great and noble day of the Lord. It appears that, that God has taken some of those evil spirits. Now, evil spirits thrive well in hell. They do. 
And they, they come out of hell, and they're like big scorpions. And the Bible says that they have a sting, or we would say a stinger, in their tails. And they go forth on the earth and sting man. And the sting of their torment shall last for five months. Isn't that right? And you read some of those descriptions about, about evil spirits and such in the book of Revelation. And, 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 and you almost see Halloween personified. You know, it's, ugh. Man, oh man, oh man. But you see, all of these are really describing the spirit world. That's what they're describing. Now, to give you an example, in the Old Testament, when the floodwaters were upon the face of the earth, when Noah thought that it perhaps would be safe to go outside, he probably felt the bottom of this, this ark bumping on ground occasionally, and he thought, well, perhaps we're going to be landing soon, it's going to be safe to go outside, so he sent forth a dove out of the uh, the ark. The Bible says that the dove returned because there was no place for the dove to rest her feet. And then Noah took and sent forth a raven. The raven did not return. Now, <clears throat> the reason why that the raven did not return, you see, a dove in the scripture is a type of the Holy Spirit. It represents gentleness and cleanness. Gentle as a dove is a statement that you even hear today. But a raven is a vulture. Now, if you can imagine what took place, the reason why the raven did not return was because that the raven is a vulture. And the earth had been destroyed by water. Now, uh, this sounds gross, but if you can imagine the planet earth with all of the dead bodies floating, now you think of that. Millions of people, bloated bodies floating all over the planet Earth. The raven found a place for his feet to rest because that is his daily diet. He is a vulture. And the raven represents... The, the spirit of the dark world around us. So this gives you an idea what God thinks of sin. And why when you came out of a world of darkness, why that this metamorphic change had to take place. Because God did not want you to associate with this kind of living. Now, let's just look at the new birth just, just for a minute. The new birth is found in John, the third chapter. I do a lot of preaching about this because there are so many people that are not really born again. <clears throat> John, the third chapter. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. He said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, when man sinned in the garden of Eden... He began to produce offsprings that were susceptible to sin. And it is easy then for a man who is born in the world to go by the way of iniquity. See, we were, we were born in sin and shapen in iniquity. This morning in our Bible lesson, we studied about all men needing God because all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, the people that are born of flesh in this world, they have a particular diet, and that is their spiritual diet. And that is they feed their spirit on evil, corrupt things. See? 
Now, Jesus Christ said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Why? Because God's kingdom is a place of purity. It's a place of holiness. God is a holy God. And so you cannot survive, see, in the kingdom of God without that new birth. You can't. And then once you're born again, you can't go back into the world and survive. You can't do that. Why? Because, you see, you're, you're two different types of creatures. How long would a fish live if you brought him in here and put him on the carpet? He wouldn't live very long, would he? He just simply could not live in, in the habitat uh, that, that we are living in. He, he just can't do that. He will die. He just can't make it. And so the Lord is saying that, that in order to be in my kingdom, you must be born again. And once you're born again, you can't go back into the world and survive. You can't do it. This is the reason why that the Bible teaches separation and stresses it to the point that it stresses it. And anybody that's here that thinks you can be born again, in other, in other words, some things become very faddish in the religious circles. Right now, speaking in tongues is a subject that you would hear in a lot of religious circles. Do you speak in tongues? Do you not speak in tongues? Are tongues for us today or are they not? And, and so you find a lot of people that are intrigued by this. And some people just want to speak in tongues. That's it. <clears throat> and so in some of the charismatic circles, people have gathered together. And they try to teach each other how to speak with tongues. But the Bible tells us they speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You don't have to learn how to speak in tongues, see. But they want to speak in tongues and they want to be born again, but they don't want a change. And so as a result, the people of the world that are looking for something that's genuine and something that's authentic, they become very confused. Now, notice what Jesus said. Nicodemus said to him, saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, this is the new birth. Now, you remember what Jesus said while Jesus was here? When, when the Pharisees came and they sought for a sign, Jesus said, a wicked and an adulterous generation seek for a sign. He said, I will give you no sign except the sign of Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now Jesus said, this is all that you need to be convinced that the Son of Man is indeed God personified. That's all you need. Now what was he really saying? See, Jesus Christ died, he was buried, and he arose again. Now according to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Jesus Christ died, he was buried, and he arose. Now let's look at Jonah. Jonah was a man who was running from God. Jonah represents the unregenerated man. And so he was running from God. And when you run from God, it's downhill all the way. You look at his life. How was it? Jonah, when God called him for a particular purpose, he fled from God. And the Bible says that Jonah went down to Joppa to purchase a ticket to flee from the presence of God. And when he went down to Joppa, he bought his ticket and then he went down to the seaside. And from there, he went down to the boat. And when he got down to the boat and the boat went out to sea, he went down into the boat. And it was down into the boat that, that, that the great storm came 
And, and of course, somebody came and, and awoke him and said, The captain of the ship wants to see you. And the captain momentarily called him up, but found out that it was Jonah that indeed had caused the trouble. And then Jonah was cast overboard. Jonah went down into the sea. A big fish came and swallowed him. He went down into the belly of the whale, and the whale went down to the bottom of the sea. Now, if you notice, we're using the term down all the way. Just down, 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 down. And that's what happens when a man runs from God. And, and when you are living in a life of sin, it's downhill all the way. In fact, even hell itself is called the bottomless pit. Now, the Bible says that while Jonah was in the belly of the whale, that he cried out and he began to repent. The Bible uses the term that out of hell he cried. Now, hell does not always mean this, but sometimes it does mean the grave. And that was Jonah's grave. That's where he would be buried. For he would have died right there. But when he repented, the whale came up and vomited him out on the seashore. And he got up. And when he got up, friend, he was a changed man. And when he went into Nineveh to preach the gospel, the only Gentile city of the Old Testament to have a revival was Nineveh. He literally changed his world because he was a changed man. Now you see, that is a type of the new birth. See, Jesus compared his death, burial, and resurrection with Jonah. Now let me explain this. You see, Jonah was a sinner running from God. He represents that. And the boat represents the hiding place. The captain of the ship represents Jesus Christ, the captain of our salvation, that calls us forth. See, no man can come to God except the Spirit draweth him. But when the Spirit draws us to a place of confession of our sins, we are then commanded, according to the Scripture, to be born of the water. Now the water is both a burial and a birthplace. For an old man is planted and a new man comes out. This is the reason why that David in his Psalms, he speaks of thy bellows have come up over me. And so that watery grave represents the, the grave of baptism. And when a man comes up out of that grave of baptism, he is then born of the Spirit. He is indeed a changed man. So the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Jesus Christ died so that we can repent. Jesus Christ was buried so that we can be buried with him in baptism. And Jesus Christ arose from the dead so that we can have resurrection life. This is the reason why that Peter on the day of Pentecost said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, notice what happened here. Jesus answered, verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And we want to talk about the kingdom of flesh just for a moment. We want to stop there and we want to look at this just for a moment to let you know just, just what is, is really taking place. Uh, why don't you take and turn in your Bibles to Galatians, Galatians the fifth chapter. <clears throat> oh, and there's so many, so many places in the scripture that deals with the works of the flesh. <clears throat> the Bible says, Galatians 5, 16, But I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. 
And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery. You know, we're living in a very adulterous generation. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. It, uh, it, it amazes me that America, uh, what should I say, an intelligent nation has lost its ability to even blush over sinful things. I, 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 I just got back from New York City, and, and uh, the Brother Johnson and Brother Scotty Teach, and they're great men, and uh, they took me down to New York City, Fifth Avenue and around, and, and uh, <clears throat> then, then there's an area there that, that uh, <laughs> they, we only went about a half a block, and I told them, I said, I don't want to go any further. I'm sorry. Now, please understand, I am not saying that these men were wanting to go down there. Uh, so, and, and what it is, there's a, there's a whole big area where the homosexuals are. And, and you see men walking up down the streets. You know, here's, here's a man that's dressed in a, he's got a dress on. Uh, he looks like a lady from the standpoint of putting on a, a woman's attire. And uh, he's arm in arm with uh, some guy. Uh Man rode by on a bicycle with a skirt on and everything, and waved at me. Just uh, so I, I said, "Listen, I'm going to get out of here." I, <clears throat> but see, this is what people are feeding their spirits on. See, really, I mean, this is ridiculous. And and coming back, I read in the paper where New York City had over 5,000 cases of reported AIDS. And the, the mayor of New York City is a confirmed homosexual. And he closed down all the bathhouses in New York City. Now, throughout the states, people said, Oh, that's great. He's against... No, it's not that. He did not want this to spread any further through his community. His community. But if you want to read, and we just read to you, uh, I believe it was last Sunday night, Romans, the first chapter. That when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, but they served and worshipped the creature more than the Creator. For there is this reason, God gave them over to unclean spirits. And that they should believe a lie and be damned. Now very rarely do I get this plain and this frank and talk about... Uh, this many negative things. But I, I feel in the spirit that I need to do this tonight. I mean, you look, you look at the garbage that's coming up on the American scene. Look at the rock and roll jackets. I, I'm, listen, I can go in supermarkets and places and see something. There is something that repels me. I just, that, honestly. And then I read in, paper, in the paper about rock and roll singers biting off bats heads and things like this. You got to be kidding! I mean, how gross could you get to bite a bat's head off? <laughs> now you're talking about being retarded. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that—that's ridiculous, isn't it? And when this individual was to come to Madison, there was reports that he was to kill a pig on the stage and drink its blood. And so the Humane Society said, we're not going to allow it to happen. And they had the police there ready to arrest him if it did happen. He didn't do it here, but he went some other place and did it. I mean, to take a, take a pig and slit its throat and drink its blood. Oh, dear me. <clears throat> but, and, and, and you know... <laughs> Look at the reaction here. But the thing about it is the Colosseum was filled. That's the problem. Which leads me to believe there's a whole lot of people that are feeding their spirits on that kind of junk. 
Now you'd think in an intelligent society that a man like that would be locked up behind bars someplace and not even allowed to have visitors. But we promote him as an idol, a teenage idol. If I sound like I'm a little bit upset, it's because I am. I mean, that uh, that has got to be, the old saying, that would take the cake any day. I mean, how could you top that? That is just totally ridiculous. And when I was in New York City, I saw things that that I wouldn't even mention publicly. I couldn't believe. I absolutely couldn't believe. Policemen all around, but see, nobody seems to be doing anything about it. I made reference to some of these things already. But... Uh, it's just amazing, and, and when you leave, you think, oh, God, I feel filthy. Whew. Let me get out of this, this environment. This is, <clears throat> this is something else. So the works of the flesh. Let's, let's look at second. Let me read the rest of these, and then we'll, we'll look at Second uh, Corinthians 6. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedations, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and of such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you, you couldn't live, you, you just couldn't live in an environment that's holy if this is what you're eating on. There'd be nothing for you to survive on. See? I mean, how long would you last right now if somebody locked you up in a monkey cage and fed you monkey's food? You may say, oh, bananas and such. Oh, they feed monkeys more than bananas. I've seen some of that stuff. You ever seen the monkeys sit around and pick each other? And listen, boy, they like lice. <clears throat> I'm serious with you. You ever seen them do that? Now you know why they eat garbage. <clears throat> but see, how long would you last in an environment like that? How long would you last if they took you to the elephant habitat and put you in there and they fed you nothing but wild oats and hay? You know, while shredded wheat may look like a bale of hay, there's a lot of difference. <laughs> see? There is a lot of, and this is, see, this is what the Bible is trying to stress. So let's turn to, to 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, and read verse 17. Uh, we'll back up to about uh, verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now this is talking about believers and unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath the believer, or he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. That means God lives inside of you. Does he not? Sure. You're the temple of the living God. So when God... When God forgave you of your sins, His blood came and washed those sins away and made you pure and clean and holy. And that's the only way that God could live inside of you. Is to make you pure and clean and holy. And as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. You know, it's little wonder that, that, that sometimes teenagers have the problem that they have when they're trying to live for God. Because you see, if God's inside, if you've, if you've been born of the Spirit, that is, you've been filled with the Spirit, God is inside of you and, and walking in you and talking in you, and, and yet you are, you're feeding your spirit on all of these evil things around you. And the only way that you can communicate with God is for the spirit that's in man to communicate with the spirit of God. 
And if your spirit that's inside of you becomes corrupt, you cannot know God nor discern spiritual things. Now that's what the Bible says. It's just that plain. So uh, then you cannot hear the voice of God. And so then you can't walk with the Lord or have communication with God. And so verse 17 puts it like this. Here's the answer. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. In other words, don't feed your soul on corrupt things. Don't do that. Don't. Don't allow your soul to be entertained by corrupt things. Verse 18, And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore the promises, chapter 7, Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Praise God. If there ever was a time that God's people need to claim separation from the world and separation from sin, it's this day and this hour that we live in. Praise God. You see, we have been born again. Now, let's just talk about that new birth a little bit more before we go back to this subject. Now, we have already uh, uh, read from, from John the third chapter. Now, the new birth is not just accepting the Lord as your personal Savior, but the new birth is actually being born of His Spirit. That's that's what it is. Now, Romans the 8th chapter, verse 9. Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 9, the Bible says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So we have been born of the Spirit. While we were born of the flesh, but when it speaks not in the flesh, that is, we're not feeding our souls or our spirits on corrupt things now. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So we have been born of the Spirit. Now being born of the Spirit doesn't mean that, that you just said, Well, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. It's an, it's an actual birth. How can I tell, Brother Grant, if I have been born of the Spirit? Well, first place, if you notice in John 3, verse 8, Jesus said, here's how you can tell. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Now, the word wind there can also be translated as spirit. The spirit bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But thou canst not tell from whence it cometh, nor whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. Is that what the Bible says? Now that means every man that's born of the Spirit, it's going to be like this. I'm going to turn back there and I'm going to read it verbatim from the Bible. Read it with me if you would like. John 3 verse 8, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But thou canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Now, when you're born of the Spirit, the Bible says it's going to be like a wind. Now, you're going to not, you will not know where it came from, nor whether it goeth, but you will hear the sound of it. Now, when the new birth was first experienced on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, and suddenly there came from heaven as a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared in them clothing tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. In other words, they had the wind experience. Now, let's look at, uh, let's look at Galatians, the fourth chapter.
Galatians, the fourth chapter, <clears throat> verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Why? To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts. Now the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. See, the word ghost is used because that was the vernacular in which, at the time in which the King James was translated, that they understood. A ghost is literally a spirit of departed one. So the context of the scripture is that Jesus Christ departed and sent back his spirit. He said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. Now, God has sent forth the spirit of his son in our hearts doing what? Crying, Abba, Father. Crying, Abba, Father. Now, from that, uh, let's read verse 7, okay? Verse 7. <clears throat> Therefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, Romans the 8th chapter, verse 15. I've got so many... Things going here now. I hope that you can follow me. <clears throat> we'll look at verse 14 leading up to it. They are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to, unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, when we are born again, the spirit inside of us, our own spirit that's been clean, cleansed, uh, cleansed, it cries out to God. Abba is just another word of saying Father. In other words, Father, Father. That's when we give ourselves into the hands of God. Now in the, in the book of Acts, when they were born again, the Bible says they spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now I know the question that comes up, and, and this, this, is, this was a, a question in my mind for a long time, uh, because of the writings of the scripture and, and certain scriptures that, that tell us that all we need to do to be, to be saved, to be born again, is just, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Romans the 10th chapter, the Bible says, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, you notice what the scripture says. That in order to be saved, we have to do what? We have to confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in our hearts. But now the Bible does not say that, be, that believing and confessing is salvation. It simply says, if we do this, we shall, future tense, be saved. And when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, and they came and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And they were born of the Spirit. They were actually born of the Spirit. And that Spirit inside of us the spirit of man is then cleansed up and it cries out in the spirit. And so in the church there is the law of separation. An unregenerated man will never understand the law of separation. You can talk to him and talk to him and talk. He'll never understand it. He just cannot understand it. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. That's what the Bible says. They are spiritually discerned. Now, there is only one spirit. 
The Bible tells us that in several places. Ephesians the fourth chapter, verse four and five tells us that there is only one spirit. First Corinthians the twelfth chapter, verse thirteen tells us that by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. And that's the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we walk not after the flesh now, but we walk after the Spirit. Romans the eighth chapter, verse one. Take a look at this. Romans the eighth chapter, verse one. Therefore, there there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Praise God. And that simply means we feed our souls on spiritual things. On spiritual things. Now, how are we when we were in the world? First Corinthians the sixth chapter. I hasten along here. I'm covering a lot of scriptures in a hurry here, but I, I just feel that we need to consider some of these. Romans the sixth chapter, first Corinthians, pardon me, the sixth chapter, verse nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with my mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, that is set apart, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, you know, when I was in New York, and I refer to this quite often because uh, it, it had such a, made such an, uh, an impact on me. Uh, we had the first four or five pews of young people just praising the Lord. And they had so, so much vigor and so much vitality. And while I was preaching, they were begging me, don't quit, don't quit. And Brother, Brother Scotty Teets, when we were all praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord for a moment, he came up and said, take a look at these young ladies on the front, front seat. You know where we found them? We found them on Fifth Avenue. There are several ladies down there that were harlots. And here they are praising God and worshiping the Lord. I thought, oh God, what a contrast. I was just down there the other night. I think they were feeding their spirits on things like that. But now they're feeding their, their spirits on the things of God. Praise God. So clean and so holy and, and so pure. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, God has angel food for you. And you're eating devil's food. All of that slimy stuff that comes out of hell, people feed their souls on. Oh, listen, God has a great place for you. Praise God. And, and you know, the hope of all Christians, while we are in this world, we are not of this world. The hope of all Christians is to one day get out of this world. Why? Because you see, now we're just pilgrims and strangers here. We don't belong here. Now, when you, when you take, we went down to, to St. Kitts, the island of St. Kitts, there in the, the Leeward Islands last November and, and preaching. There's some of those islands down there that are so nice, but some of them are so filthy, really. We went in a place to eat one night, and it was painted black and red lights, and not too many places open. And we went in there, and we ordered chicken, and I was a little skeptical to see they had the raw sewage running out on the sidewalks there, and just have a little trench, and... When we got out of the car, there was a big old rat that ran down in that. And, ooh. No, it, it was bad there. I mean, really, it was bad. And uh, we went inside, and, and so we started to eat, and, and there was something sticky on the table. And so uh, uh, Sister Grant took and, and wiped it off, and when she did, wow, I, I believe her handkerchief, I, I'm not for sure what she used, was almost as black as my Bible. I said, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Boy, everybody's eating chicken. Now, I like chicken. You know I like chicken. I like chicken a lot. You know? Uh, you know, ministers consider chicken to be the gospel bird. You know, <laughs> I don't know how that got started, but... You know, I say every good chicken needs a preacher. But I'll tell you one thing. I wasn't hungry for chicken. I mean, really, I just... oh. After I saw all that, I said, man, I, I don't know, honey. I don't believe I can eat in here. <clears throat> and and I just, 
I smelt of it and I tore it apart and I, I looked at it and it didn't look good and no. And uh, you know what? I just considered I was just a little pilgrim going through that country. So I was just going to preach while I was here, but you know, I wasn't going to get too attached. And spiritually speaking, that's the way the people are of God. You see, we have been washed, we have been cleansed. And uh, there, there are certain things that are just, they're just real repulsive. We don't make a big thing of it. You know, to, to those people who live on that island, do you think I pulled that chicken apart and said, ah. No, I didn't do that. Do, do you think I held up that uh, handkerchief and said, Everybody look at this. This place is filthy. No, I didn't do that. Just, just put put the put the hanky back in your purse and let's pick around here and tolerate this condition until we get out of here. That's all, you know. And naturally, you don't make a big deal out of what people are doing, but it is repulsive. Jesus promised us that we would walk with Him; that things would be better. Things will be better. So I want to close by reading the statement of Jesus in the book of John. John, the 14th chapter. <clears throat> Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Do things trouble you? Do things bother you? Sure they do. Sure they do. And we try to we try to see everybody saved that that will lend an ear to hear. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. I've gone into many, many homes where there was so much sin and so much iniquity, and I've gone there for the purpose of talking to people about the Lord. I've actually gone back to my home. I stretched out on my bed. I called Sister Grant up to the bedroom and I said, Hun, I just want you to know how much I appreciate this home. It's just so clean. and I'm not talking about no dust or anything, but I'm talking about no filthy magazines, no blaring rock and roll records, not evil television programs. No swearing. I've never heard my wife say one curse word since I've known her. Never. She was not a member of the Pentecostal church, but uh, she was living in all the light she knew when we got married. I was not in the church at all. But uh, none of that. I said, I just, I just appreciate this home. This home represents holiness purity. Just a, it's a pavilion for me. It's a place to go. This is the reason why church services mean so much to so many people. The clapping of the hands and the praise of the Lord and lifting up and listen, it means so much to the child of God. Feeding your soul. Feeding your spirit on things of God. It means so much. It really does. It means so much. Praise God. We we showed filmed down on campus and then we brought it here in the church and, and I know it's been shown in church a lot and I didn't give much thought to it. I saw it down there and uh, I, 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 that, that was all right. We were using it for outreach. The cross and the switchblade, you know. When we brought it in here and there were some swear words in it and some nudity and such. And, well, I say nudity. It <laughs> wasn't that bad, but guy running around in his underwear. And, uh, and you know... I told Brother Felix when it was over with, I said, you know, there were two reels, and I almost stopped it in the first reel. Not that I want to make a big deal out of it. Not that I want to be narrow-minded, but it just didn't it didn't set right for me to have it in a church. You follow what I'm saying? Just because it, it just, uh, so many people have wept and cried, and there's such a beautiful spirit of holiness among God's people. Starts in the heart and goes all the way out to the fingertips. 
And, and I just, I don't know, I just, you know, you know there's certain things. I guess I've, ch- I've changed my opinion about some things as I walk with God. You know, what, you know what Paul said? He said, you know, the Christian ought to be simple concerning the things that are evil. There's some things, saying some things, it, you're, better not, you're better off not to even inquire in. Because they haunt you once you find out what they're like. Just be simple concerning the things that are evil. Oh, but we need to know what's going on in the world, do we? See, do we? See, Jesus prayed this way, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Sometimes just thrusting yourself in the direction of evil vices will bring temptation. You're better off to just walk away and be simple. Somebody said, oh, those simple-minded apostolic people, praise God. Don't feel sorry for me. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Did you know that, that, that sin, according to the scripture, will continue in the lake of fire? Did you know that? Read about the white throne judgment. The Bible speaks of a seal that's placed upon every man's life. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. See, it was out of that corrupt environment that came forth spirits like frogs and scorpions or demons like scorpions. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is unclean, let him be unclean still. But to those entering into this place called heaven, a place that's pure and holy, a place where no unclean thing will enter therein. The Bible says, but he that is holy, let him be holy still. Praise God. To him that overcometh. Overcometh what, Brother Grant? What are you talking about? Living in a life of sin. Enjoying your life, yes. But staying separated. It doesn't bother me when people don't invite me to their booze parties. Doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me when they don't invite me to the dance floors. Doesn't bother me at all. And I know people that, that they feel left out when people are having big blowouts and they can't go. Listen, I can have my times in the Spirit. I appreciate God and I appreciate holiness and cleanness. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord, would you? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And would you stand with me at this time as Sister Wittenbach comes? Praise God. Let's sing heaven for me, heaven for me. Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. You know what? The holy city, the Bible says, there's no need of the sun nor the moon. For Jesus Christ will be the light of it. And then it goes on to say, and no man will even need a candle in the holy city. Now, in the midst of the holy city is a throne. But you see, I've got a mansion down several blocks away. But when I get inside of that mansion, I won't even have to turn the lights on. That's what it's saying. No need of a candle. Why? Because the glory of God will radiate through everything there. And the Bible says that God will be the light of the city. Heaven for me. What really makes it heaven is not the mansion. Is that right? Now, let me, let me just explain something. You are invited out to the richest place for a meal. And you get there and you walk in the entrance and it's first class all the way, plush. Nice. 
You got people who meet you at the door and ask for your coat. Somebody takes you, pulls out your chair and seats you. Crystal chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. The finest in China and glassware and silverware. Everything is just right. But the food is lousy. It's terrible. It's it's just it's not right. And you see, <clears throat> all of that would have added to the situation had the food been right. And that's what I see in heaven, see. Why streets of gold, Brother Grant? See, all of this adds to it. But but the main thing is is the Lord, His Spirit. See? Why? Because that's my survival. That's how I made it through this world. See, I acquired an appetite for the Lord. I've been feeding my spirit upon God for many, many years. And so, truthfully, if you took away the streets of gold, and you took away the mansion, and you took away the glassy sea, and everything else, it would still be heaven if Jesus, if Jesus is there. Let's sing it, heaven for me. <clears throat> for me, oh heaven, for me, Jesus will be what makes it heaven.